You. Hey you. Browsing LinkedIn on company time. Are you the applicant we're looking for? For the right person, this could be a job of a lifetime. All your dreams could come true if only you meet the following criteria. Let me describe the perfect person for this job. You'll have a minimum of 8 years industry experience. You'll have a relevant degree. You'll also have an MBA from a fancy university at which you were heavily involved in extracurricular activities. We just want to know that you're a team player willing to put your work responsibilities above everything else in your life to accelerate your career at all times of the day and the night. All your qualifications will be earned here in Australia. Are you a hugger? <laughs> That was a trick question. It's not appropriate in the workplace unless specifically requested and consented to. You're a leader. You're a big picture thinker who also loves to get granular and get your hands dirty, helping out with the really messy jobs. We look forward to welcoming a strategic planner who thrives on crisis and spontaneity. You, our perfect candidate, will be young and energetic, but also wise and experienced. You'll be able to stop traffic using only your mind. You frequently save babies from burning buildings. Also, you can leak those tall buildings in a single bound. You're moderately competent at operating Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. If this sounds like you, we can't wait to receive your application for this entry-level position and start making magic together. Hmm, a job ad like that is really asking, are you a superhero? Can you fill all our hiring targets? And can you fix all the company's issues? No mere mortal can leap tall buildings with a single bound, and they certainly can't tick every box on your hiring list. I'm Ray Johnston. And this is Getting It Right, a podcast from Jobsbank which helps you navigate the complex world of hiring staff to create a diverse and inclusive workplace. Dr. Teresa Smith-Ruig is a workforce diversity and inclusion specialist and associate director at Ignis Consulting. Teresa has lived experience of disability, having been blind since the age of 10. She's consulted for mining company Oz Minerals and has worked closely with Vision Australia. Now, we know that companies can have ambitious intentions when they're writing up a job ad because they obviously want to hire the perfect candidate. But as a job seeker, reading through a never-ending list of 15 essential skills that are an absolute must for a job, that can be pretty daunting. So, how should an employer refine a job description before advertising a role? Look, I think the key is to be very clear about what you're recruiting for and what are the key criteria you need. Not a whole big shopping list of things that you would love to have, but things that you must have. Really nailing down that essential criteria to the key skills that someone's going to need to be able to perform that job, the types of qualifications if relevant, you know, thinking about the key tasks that they're performing, not a whole list of add-ons, what skills or attributes might someone need to perform those tasks. So it's good to have some of the criteria be optional. Yeah, so you could have two sections. You could have the essential criteria and then you could have 
desire criteria. That way it's very clear. So if you want to have this big superhuman or shopping list of criteria, you can certainly have that. But (laughs) if you split it into the essential and the desired, then it's very clear to the applicant as to what they really need to have versus what they might need to have. When a potential hire sees a job ad with way too many criteria, what's the impact on them? They're immediately going to say, this job is not for me. I don't think I can perform this role and I'm not going to apply. And that's not what recruiters want, especially today where you've got a really difficult market to be recruiting. There's lots of skills shortages. It's really hard to find talented people out there. So you don't want to make that job even harder for you as an employer by making the criteria far too long or far too onerous for someone to be able to meet. Are there some groups that are more likely to apply to these roles with huge lists of criteria than others? Look, there are. And there are those people that you think about individuals and personality styles and even gender-based stereotypes that we have. We know some people are more likely to apply for roles because they're more confident about their own abilities. They often say that men are more willing to apply for roles if they don't have all the criteria, whereas women think they must have every single criteria before they even begin to apply. And we know that's not the case. So how can companies signal that they may support a worker to develop skills in areas that they're not competent in yet? One applicant might have six of the criteria nailed, but they feel like that they don't meet another two criteria. So how should an employer let them know that they still want those people to apply for the role? You don't have to tick every box. What I'm seeing more inclusive employers are doing now is they'll actually have a phrase in the job advert and it goes along the lines of, if you don't feel you meet all these criteria, we still want to hear from you. We want to still hear what you can add to this role. So being very specific in the job advert that you're not expecting candidates to have all of the criteria listed and that you welcome applications from people that might not meet that criteria. And that way people feel a little bit more confident to apply knowing they may not have all the criteria on the job advert. How can an organisation show that they are committed to diverse hiring practices so that they can genuinely attract more applicants? So there's lots of ways you can do that. And it's a lot of the ways in how you recruit, where you recruit to, or where you advertise your roles through, but also with the wording you use. So what you'll see now with many more inclusive job ads is that the job advert will actually say, we welcome applications from people from diverse backgrounds. What they might also say is that we offer flexible work patterns, or if this work pattern doesn't suit your style, please reach out to us. We still want to hear from you. So making sure the wording that they have in the job ad actually appeals to people from a range of backgrounds or a range of needs. So have you seen any really good examples where a job ad has absolutely nailed it with some really effective phrasing along these lines? Yes, absolutely. And look, you see it more and more for more sophisticated, larger employers that have got the message around diversity and inclusion and how to craft their job ads in in this way. So you'll see that they will have wording around things like, If you need any adjustments or accommodations or have any accessibility requirements during the recruitment and selection process, please reach out to us and we're more than willing to make accommodations. So being really overt in the language you use around making sure you come across as very inclusive. One of the other things I have seen too that's I thought really interesting in a job ad recently is that the employer actually said, we are not here to tick a diversity box, we are here to break outside the box. And I thought that was a really great phrase. 
Teresa, what about different generations? They're all looking for something a little bit different. There's younger generations in particular are really seeking clues that work-life balance is a genuine priority for companies that they work for. How do we ensure that this language is in the job ads? Yeah, so you'll certainly see employers these days craft the language they use in job ads to target particular generations or the different attitudes that people have towards work. So you'll see phrases like location is flexible, you can work remotely. So all the language around hybrid and remote working is one way to do that. You'll also see other language and that appeals to generations that are wanting more than just work. So they'll have information in their job ad that says, we'll help you still continue your volunteering, follow your passion projects. And so they'll use those sort of words or language to demonstrate that the role can be crafted or to fit around the desires that particular candidates might have with balancing work and other commitments. So it's easy to put these words in a job ad, but how do we actually know that these companies are going through with it? How do we know that they do have diverse people on their workforce and that they are really making these accommodations? Is there a way that these companies can show that? The best way an employer can reinforce that message that you're an inclusive employer is perhaps in the job ad say, come and visit our website, come and see the stories of the diverse people that work with us and how we design jobs to make it fit for your lifestyle. And that way you're going to direct a candidate to your website to find out more about you. And there you can showcase stories and case studies of the diversity of your workforce and how you support them. What about gendered job ads? Are there some job ads out there still catering only to certain genders? What a lot of organisations do now is run their job adverts through online apps or websites that assess the gender-based language that you use to see whether it's very masculine or very feminine. You can even do that to the, the key criteria you put for a job to ensure it's more gender neutral as opposed to going one way or the other. And that can also make a job ad more inclusive as well. Dr. Teresa Smith-Ruig, a workforce, a diversity and inclusion specialist from Ignis Consulting. Don't forget there's more resources to help you with inclusive hiring and procurement on the JobsBank Resource Centre website. And if you want to know more about how different organisations have tackled the hiring process, you can also check out one of our episodes from season one of Getting It Right. Amanda Shepard from Green Fox Studio tells us how they upskilled people within the prison system so they could transition back into the workforce and the community. So they started learning, you know, motion graphics, 3D modelling. You know, we had people that had learnt to code from reading books So they'd actually never sat at a computer before. How do we nurture all of these different skill sets? Because not everyone's going to go in and become a graphic designer when they leave, but what skills can they actually take with them that can transfer across into their life once they leave prison? Getting It Right is a podcast from JobsBank. And it's produced by Deadset Studios. You can follow the podcast in the podcast app of your choice. That way you never miss an episode. This episode was recorded on the unceded lands of the sovereign Darug, Gundagara and Wiradjuri peoples, produced and edited on the lands of the Turrbal and Jagera people. We wish to pay our deepest respects to their elders past and present 
and we ask that you too acknowledge the Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander lands on which you're listening from. <laughs>